Today's hearing is to determine exactly who Jesus, who is called the Messiah or the Christ, is. So we'll be taking testimony from various witnesses. And so uh, if I'd have the bailiff come and swear you all in. So if you'd please stand, everyone, and raise your right hand. Do you solemnly swear or affirm that the testimony you are about to give in the matter now pending body shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth will have to I didn't hear very many. I do, I do, I do. You may be seated. For my first witness, I'd like to call Elizabeth Davis to the stand. I want you to remember that you've been sworn to tell the truth. Do you understand? Yes. And would you please state your name for the record? My name is Elizabeth Ann Davis. Now, there is a lot of different terminology used for people who are followers of Jesus. Some people say that they're Christians. Others say there's disciples. Others say that, that they recognize that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. Uh, would you consider yourself one of those, a Christian? Yes, I would. When did you become a Christian? Uh, just before my 17th birthday, I accepted Christ. And where did you become a Christian? At First Baptist Church, Westminster. It was a Sunday morning, and they had a call to accept Christ, and I walked down the aisle and accepted Christ. And why did you become a Christian? I had fought for uh, about a year asking God why and just questioning him all the time. And then... I, uh, all of a sudden, one day, I said, why does all that matter? If Christ is the Son of God, he's the Son of God. So I um, just gave up and just accepted him. Is there, fight, a fighting. is there a particular verse that means something to you? Romans 10.9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe that he has risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And that was the verse that was read to me that morning to accept Christ into my heart. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Yes, I do. And do you really believe that Jesus rose from the dead? I do believe he rose from the dead. When the women went to the tomb, they said, he is not here. And I really believe that. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Jesus is the Lord of my life. So you are here confessing that Jesus is Lord. I am confessing that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Not only did he become the Lord of my life, but then I committed my life to him. And to me, that was a big difference. When I was 16, I accepted Christ as my Savior. But at 18, I committed my life to him. Um, a revival had happened at our church, and a pastor got up to talk, and he talked about not just accepting Christ as your Savior, but committing your life to what Christ is all about, teaching others, wanting others to know about Christ, and going and just being part of his life, and knowing that this is the path God wanted you to be on. 
So you're convinced that Jesus is the Son of God? I am convinced Jesus is the Son of God. And would anything change your mind? No. Okay. Now this witness may be excused, but let me remind you that I might call you at another time. Thank you. And now for my next witness to be called, let me consider who that should be. I'll put you off the spot. I won't call any of you. But the scriptures tells us when Jesus was getting ready to be, to ascend to his father. And they were asking about, was this the time that, that they were going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus said, it's not for you to know. It's none of your concern. But he says something in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, in the response to that, that applies to us today. It says, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the remotest parts of the earth. Now let's take a look at that sentence. It says, you shall, which means it's a command. He could have said, you may be my witnesses, and with that case, you could, at times, either be his witness or not be his witness. It would be up to you. It would be permissive. But Jesus says, you shall be. So that is a command. Oftentimes people say, well, what's the will of God? Well, there's one very obvious. If you're a believer, you shall be a witness. Well, what is a witness? A witness is someone who has observed something or who knows something, who can accept, who can uh, affect and help the trier of fact, if you will. And so, for instance, if you observe a motor vehicle accident, you can, as a witness, tell how fast the person was driving, uh, whether they made an illegal turn or whatever it was, and that would help the trier of fact to establish who was at fault for the accident. And sometimes what they'll call experts, and they'll say, they'll have uh, reconstruction experts who will say, okay, based on the skid marks and the impact, I believe the vehicle was going X number of miles an hour uh, prior to the skid mark, and then Y miles an hour at impact, and that person would, as an expert, give testimony to assist the trier of fact. So he says that we are to be witnesses. What it means is we are supposed to tell others what we know. We don't make up things. We don't go beyond what we know. We tell them what we know. And most of us know, as believers, how Jesus impacted our lives. We can tell people how we became a Christian, when we became a Christian, where we became a Christian, but the most important one is why. Why did you? Because that's what's going to go to the heart of people who are questioning whether they should accept Jesus or even consider at all. And so we are able to say, God came into my life and I had guilt and shame and whatever, and God did these various things for me, and he is the Son of God, as, as the witness said, the women were there. They testified. She believes because something happened to her, and she says he is, and there is no doubt. So we are to be witnesses. Now, some witnesses are more credible than other witnesses. 
But Jesus didn't say you shall be only a credible witness. He says you shall be my witness. So you may be the worst witness in the world. Your life may deny what you believe. And unfortunately, many times, most of us are that way, at least at some point in our life. But we tend not to be excellent, credible witnesses. But Jesus didn't say, only when you are credible, he tells us, we shall be witnesses. We shall tell people what we have observed about him. And we're to be his witness. We're not to be the witness to the world. We're supposed to be his witness. To stay from, and I want you again to notice he said, You shall be my witnesses. He didn't say, You shall be my theologians. A lot of people think, Well, I can't really give my testimony because I don't have all the answers. Well, guess what? Even theologians don't have all the answers. As a matter of fact, all you got to do is read the commentaries, and they have more questions than answers. He didn't call us to be theologians. He didn't even call us to be experts. He said, just observe what you've seen and do it. Testify. See, it's not that difficult. You just tell people what Jesus has done for you and who he is to you. It's up to the trier of fact whether to believe you or not believe you, but we are, when called to be witnesses, and he has said you shall be, that's what we're to do. We're to be his witnesses. He also talks about where. He says in Jerusalem. Well, that's where they started out because at this place he was at the Mount of Olives being ready to ascend. So they're in Jerusalem. He says, when you're in Jerusalem, testify. Be my witnesses. When you're in Judea, when you're in the bigger part of the country, you're to be my witnesses. When you're in Samaria, the place that you don't like, you're to be my witness. When you go to the remotest parts of the world, you're to be my witnesses. Wherever you are, that is where you to be his witness. So many times people want to say, well, I want to be a missionary and go whatever. Wonderful, be a missionary and go wherever, but we're still called to be a witness wherever we are. Now, a lot of people will say, well, the remotest part of the world is like you go to Africa. I want you to think a moment. We are, when Jesus spoke this, at the remotest part of the world. He was in Jerusalem. If you want to get to where we are today, you can go east and go all the way across Asia. Then get in a boat and go all the way across the Pacific Ocean and land up here. Or you could go west and go either all the way across Africa or go up to Europe and go all the way across Europe, go all the way across the Atlantic Ocean, to go all the way across the continental North America and land up here. So when you're thinking about Jerusalem, we are the most remotest part of the world. So God has placed you exactly where he wants you to be as his witness, here. If you want to go to Africa, wonderful. Godspeed. You want to, we have churches uh, who speak Spanish and they, and they want to reach uh, Mexico and and Central America and South America, God bless them, they ought to do that. But there's also Spanish-speaking people here. We have Vietnamese-speaking people and on this premises, and they go to Vietnam, and God bless them, and they ought to, and they need to lead them to there. 
but there are also Vietnamese people speaking here. Wherever we are, that is where we're to be his witness. There's not a reason that you have to go anywhere unless God has called you. But let's face it, if you're not willing to be his witness here, what makes you think you'd be a good witness elsewhere? Again, it's not complicated. It's not a matter of knowing all the Bible facts and figures and, and, and know all about soteriology and all. Why don't you just say, this is what Jesus did in my life. I was once a sinner. And now I'm righteous because of the blood of Christ. Simple. Doesn't take years and years of degrees in theology. You just tell people what God did for you. And then they will decide. And that's not your problem. You will never save a single person, no matter how wonderful your testimony is. Now, the person here who happened to be my wife, who testified, said that she came to a saving knowledge, although she had some information, and a commitment at 17, and made that commitment. There are others who made their commitment, maybe seven, eight, nine. I've known others who made that commitment in their 80s. Now, the problem with people in the 80s is usually they're so cynical and whatever, it's hard to reach them. But whether they're 7 or 87, our testimony will not save them. Our testimony will be a thought why they should be saved, and then the Holy Spirit will convict them and bring them to new birth. Don't take on your responsibility more than you are. It's simply to testify. If you go to court and somebody goes, I swear, and, and I saw a red car go across the street, and he was going whatever, and I believe that driver B was at fault, and the jury comes back with a different conclusion. The jury came back with a different conclusion. You simply told what you saw and observed. But one of the greatest acts of hate is not to share your testimony. Yes, they may accept the Lord, and no, they may not. But it's not for you to determine whether that's going to be the case. He didn't say, you shall be my witnesses if you're successful. He says, you shall be my witnesses wherever you are, and that's what we're to do. Now, once we're successful and somebody says, yes, I want to be a believer, I want to be a Christian, then he also comes up and he says in Matthew chapter 28, which we call the Great Commission, and I don't like that term, because Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. He never gives me any. He goes, all authority has been given to me. You go. I'm a buck private in his army. That's why I don't like commission. It's like, oh, I'm a commission officer. No, no. I just do what God tells me to do. I'm an unprofitable servant. And then come up with my idea, it's not my idea, it was his command. And he says we are to make disciples. So once the person becomes a believer, then we are obligated to teach them so that they might become believers, not just believers, but that they might become mature believers. 
He says we're to teach them all that he's commanded. And if you see churches today, they're not doing that. They kind of emphasize one thing or another. Some churches will emphasize you need to be a good little boy and girl and you can't do this thing and you can't do that thing and you should do this and you shouldn't do that. And we're all worried about legalism. Or you'll see another church who will say, God is love. God loves everyone. And so God will never send anybody to hell. God is love, love, love. It's all wonderful. Roses, it's wonderful. Well, if God won't send anybody to hell, let me just ask this question. Then why the heck did he send Jesus? To die a cruel death. To be mocked and scourged, and humiliated and beaten. If there wasn't a necessity. Yes, God is love, but he hates sin, and there is a penalty to it. He told Adam right off the bat, when you do this, you die. And we've all had spiritual death. So he says, we are, again, to do this. We are to make disciples as we are going, teaching them, baptizing them, to observe all that he's commanded. And then he makes a very great promise. And lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And for most of us, we're hoping that's right now. Because it doesn't seem that the world can get much worse. But as soon as we say that, it's like anything else. You say, well, it can't get any worse until it does. And so we're praying it's the end of the age. But whether it is or it isn't, he's going to be with us until then. Trust him. Do what he said to do. You don't need to read 47 books on the will of God. Just gave you two today. He's given us more like love one another and all that, but I gave you two today. Do those. Then go to the next one. And the next one. But, but pastor, it's hard. People may not like me. Yeah, right. People didn't like Jesus. The sinners loved him. The religious people didn't. In our world today, probably the religious people and the sinners don't like us. We don't fit in either category. But if you truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and if you truly have confessed that Jesus is Lord, that means He's my boss. And I will do what He tells me to do, whether I like it or not, whether it makes me uncomfortable or not, whether I think I'm the best witness. Or not. Because he didn't give us any exception. And you say, you, all you, all you disciples, not just the, the 11 who were standing there, all the people who were there at the Mount of Olives on his ascension, he goes, all y'all are to be my disciples. And when he said all y'all, he meant all y'all. He didn't say all y'all except Sam there. Sam, you're excused because you don't talk right. Or, or Michelle, people think you're ugly, so you don't have to talk. 
or Frank, half the things you say are lies, so people never believe you. He didn't give any exception. And you ain't got one either. You, me, we all are to be his witnesses. We're not in Jerusalem. We're not in Judea. We're not even in Samaria. But we are in the remotest parts of the earth. Let's get after it. And all God's people said,